0: Chris Reback, this is Working Capital Conversations. Not only is innovation perhaps one of the most overused words in business, it also might be one of the most misunderstood. Many people think of innovation as eureka moments. It's not. Those are eureka moments. Instead, as you'll hear, innovation requires purpose, design, process, and, yes, the room to take some chances. Lee Clark Sellers is the innovation officer at Plygem Industries. Sellers is systematically integrating innovation into all areas of the company. And if you don't think you can find innovation in the exterior building products industry, well, that may be yet another misunderstanding. Here's my conversation with Lee Clark Sellers. Lee, thanks for joining me. I appreciate your time.
1: Chris, I appreciate the uh, invitation to talk today.
0: So innovation might be the most overused word in business, but it also might be the most important. So let's start with the definition. What's your definition for innovation?
1: Well, I, I have to reflect on the first comment you said, the innovation, the most overused word in the business. You know, just... I, I just did a quick search on this uh, yesterday, and there was about 1.3 billion references online about innovation. And this morning, there was 1.7 billion. Wow. I can't, I'm going to do this tomorrow, and I'm just going to see how much this grows day over day. So I completely agree. The term innovation, very, very um, widely used. So it's interesting. We use it so much. But then the question is, how much do we actually do with it? Mm. So, you know, when I think of innovation, I think of innovation as a mindset. I think of it as a mindset that you want to challenge the status quo, that you are observing your networking, whether it's within your company, your industry, or out of your industry. And it's to develop and implement, which is key, is to implement something that's value add to somebody. So that could be a solution. It could be a product. It could be a business model. So that's the way that I look at innovation as a term.
0: What's it? So Plygem is uh, building products and building materials, and it's – not necessarily the area that a layperson or an outsider like me might think of when we think innovation. So, um, what's the reaction you get when you say that you, uh, you know, are head of innovation um, in in this sector?
1: Well, you're you're correct about the building industry. You know, I I can't even remember how long we've been building homes out of wood. Right? It, it doesn't yeah. seem to be on the surface an industry that changes much, but there is actually quite a bit of change. So when I look at Plygem, I look at the building industry, you know, some of the changes and some of the ways that I see innovation being used is that if I look at the industry today of housing, there's some key challenges. One of those is labor. Um, How do you find enough labor, whether it's in manufacturing or the building of homes? So when I look at how we design products, one of the key things I look at is how do I design for install? So as we design products, we're very careful to make sure that as we're designing these products, they're easy to install. And one of the other challenges is affordability of building today. So again, it goes back to how can we create materials that are sustainable materials that are durable, that are less expensive to be installed. And then I think of the other way we affect innovation in this industry is in housing, the cost of ownership is very important. So you want to minimize the cost of ownership to homeowners. So when we look at the exterior of a house, we look at it in terms of how can we make this most energy efficient? Um, how can we make this the most durable from some of our siding products or our roofing products. So that's where we we bring in innovation. So it's not just a product, but it's also understanding the long-term use of the product, how the product is installed, how the product is even shipped to site. So we take all of that into account as we're looking at delivering a better value to our customer or to the homeowner.
0: And in your role at Pljgem, are you? Do you see yourself as a connector? Are you a catalyzer? You know, must all innovation come out of your brain? How, you know, how do you think about your role, and and how do you describe what you do?
1: Yeah. So, when I I look at my role, one way I think of it is I'm I work with a company so that the company itself is ambidextrous. It's mm-hmm. basically that we've got to have the Business units focused on that day-to-day innovation as to what can they do to to hit that uh, that requirement of the customer to get the product out there on time with quality that we can address the shareholders' requirement of profitability of so we've got a lot of requirements on a business unit that is a day-to-day issue. So as part of my role within PlyGem, is how do we put forward? structures, processes, methods back into the business units so that that type of day-to-day innovation can be successful. And that's sponsoring challenges. It's sponsoring different projects within the business units. So that's where the um, I see my role as helping to facilitate those activities and drive those activities. And then on the flip side, as a company, we always have to be looking at those things that aren't just one to two years out, that are more three to five years out. And that requires a dedicated focus. That requires someone to be looking and focused, certainly outside our industry, looking at trends, looking at technologies, what's happening, what's changing outside the industry that we could bring into our industry. So from that part, my role is actually leading our, what we call our innovation center. So that's it's almost a it's a startup group that we create to flush out new ideas and these could be very different than what the business units do today so you have both sides of it so you have that day-to-day innovation and then you have that innovation that certainly has to look longer term that's fundamentally different than what the rest of the company
0: is doing. And so talk to me about that and and about bringing in some of those outside ideas because obviously when, you know, as we discussed, when most of us think about innovation, we may think about Apple or Google or Silicon Valley or, you know, Bangalore and and different parts of, you know, different places around the world. And that second half, I understand the first half of what, I think I understand the first half of what you're saying, that, you know, part of your role is to integrate every day, help integrate or help, you know, advance every day, innovation in the, you know, standard operating procedures of your business units, Uh, understood, that's, that's key. Um, At the same time, you just described, you're bringing in in, and figuring out ways to integrate um, ideas and insights from outside of the sector, and bringing them into um, Plygem and into your industry. Give me an example of uh, one or two of those.
1: So that that part of what we do really starts with a strong ecosystem. So we have to have an ecosystem that we have a couple of universities that we work with. We have a couple of technology partners. Um, We have partners that can go out and do market landscaping, technology landscaping for us around certain subjects that we're interested in. And then we have our vendors we work with and our customers. So they all create a strong ecosystem that we pull from. And then one of the the areas that I have within the team is that they usually have come from outside industries. So they are pulling in their experience and their backgrounds into the discussion as well. So you have to be looking certainly within the industry but but absolutely outside the industry and that is done just through your ecosystem and making sure that you've got a healthy, diverse group of companies, of individuals that you can go out and ask for um, collaboration, depending on which area that you're going to be focused on.
0: That's got to be fun. I mean, I'm sure a lot of what you do is fun. A lot of what you do, you know, you know, like any job, you know, requires energy and might be tiring, but that's got to be fun, that part of it.
1: Well, it is. I mean, I, a lot of people look at innovation and they say, hey, you've got the fun job. But you know, it's it's down and dirty as well. Mm. It is looking through a lot of information, trying to understand what's a fad, what's going to be here today, gone tomorrow, versus what's going to be long-lived, what's actually going to be affecting us in the future. And you also have to be able to identify those areas that just aren't going to be successful and stop them. And, you know, that can be hard. I mean, you've got to figure out how... You don't demotivate a team by stopping a project. Mm. So there, there's actually quite a bit of change management that happens within this role, and I find it, you know, for me personally, it, it's a very high energy role, and that's what drives me. Uh, but it can be one that can be very frustrating to people. Um, you know, you you start out in one direction, yet you end up four steps down, you know, further in another direction. And so as I hire people into the team. You can pretty quick tell those individuals that like things a bit more structured. They want things more predictable. They want to be able to know the outcome of the direction you're going in. Versus, you've got to have somebody who's really um, who doesn't mind that change, who doesn't mind coming in and not knowing if something is going to work or not that day. And that's the challenging part of the role. And I think that's something that's a part of the role that most people they don't get or they don't understand unless. They are part of a startup community or have some of that background.
0: Ambiguity can be difficult for people.
1: <laughs> it is. It um, that makes a difference between. I mean, you can clearly see different functional roles. You know, people that migrate toward those very highly regulated, succinct, process-driven roles. Um, You can tell what degree of uncertainty that people are comfortable with. And that's, you know, when you look at both sides of this innovation, that's where the people tend to fall, one or the other, based on their ability to adapt to new and changing environments.
0: Hmm. How does innovation translate into revenue?
1: So, you know, innovation, again, and I will, you know, I'll talk more about, less about kind of the day-to-day innovation because that's required to hit the bottom line. That innovation is required to hit your numbers that you put out there to the street every year. So that is a must-have. I'm keeping my lights on and I'm able to pay the bills yet even further down the road. When you look at the revenue on the flip side of that, uh, you know, if you look at, I just saw a um, a study about how long does it really take for new ideas in this industry in the building industry to really take off. You know, if you look at things such as vinyl windows or the fiber cement products and a few others, it takes 5-7 years before those products really can hit their stride. So when we look at revenue from very different products, you've got to have a longer term in mind. You've got to be willing to do that investment over years. It's not just a one, two, or three-year activity. It could go into that four and five-year before you break even. So you've got to have a vision. You've got to be able to have the tenacity to stay with if you feel that, yes, you have got everything in place to really fundamentally change the market, and you're going to make a difference. So that revenue pays off, but it is longer term. And you know if I, if I look at some of the projects that we start and stop, you know, we again, you know, there's that 20 percent, 15 percent rule of thumb for innovation, that that's about the only amount of the, the projects that move forward, and that's probably accurate. Um, you do see a very, very small percent of these type of ideas that actually move forward into commercialization and then actually start to generate that revenue.
0: I've also seen where you talk about democratizing innovation. What do you mean by that?
1: So democratizing innovation, that's where I get where I use that term to say that innovation is everyone's job. So I look at that as giving our employees a voice. Companies sometimes don't understand the power of their employees. And they certainly hire a person to do a certain job and they look for reliability. They look for dependability of that person in that role and when I look at democratizing innovation I want to go to those people and say okay tell me things that can be done differently in that role to make it better and what can you do and do it now so democratizing innovation is creating that environment where everybody feels that they have a say so at what they're doing and that they are allowed to do things differently or that they can take a certain amount of risk and the roles that they play and to give them support and structure so democratizing innovation is that it's not just one group and a company hey that's their job it's an r&d team or it's an innovation center and i don't need to worry about innovation because they're taking care of it so i like to look at innovation as it's more of a culture in a company versus just a term but it's an environment that people can feel that they have the freedom that they can go in and make changes And look at how they can do things different and better.
0: You know, I was just going to ask you about that culture point because listening to you, is there a percentage of your role um, or is there a mindset that you feel that, you know, somebody in your role has to have in terms of advancing the the culture of an organization? Do you, you know... On the one hand, I'm sure that for somebody like you, going into an organization that is built, you know, from day one on a culture of innovation, um, that's a great place to be. Not every company is like that. And so how much of, of what you focus on is, you know, carrying the flag, you know, trying to influence culture, um, you know, and, and trying to Get that to to grow within the company, um, or I guess to just look at the flip side. Was PlyGem in particular a place where you know it was born on a bed of culture, and that's just baked uh, a bed of innovation, and that's just baked into the culture from day one?
1: Yes, you no, know, good question, and and I will say, as a starting point, cult, innovation as a culture absolutely has to start at the top. It has to start at the CEO they're the ones that are going to influence the culture of a company. And a company like PlyGem, Gary Robinette was a very, very strong advocate of innovation. Had he not been, then it would not have been able to be successful within this company. So regardless if it was myself or someone else in this role, it absolutely has to be supported and uh, championed by the CEO, by the top person in the company. Because in order to influence innovation as a culture in a company, there's a lot of different things that you can do. It has to start at the top, and because of that, it's influenced at the executive level. And so within the company, you know, we actually had objectives set at the executive levels around um, key performance indicators for innovation. So we actually had measurable objectives of innovation. So to really establish innovation as a culture, you have to start it, At the leadership level, and you have to be able to measure it, and you have to be able to provide those methods and processes. And when all of that comes together, then you can start to say, yes, this is becoming a part of our culture. So, as far as my role, I spend, you know, a significant amount of time on that side, as well as on the flip side with our, um, our our incubation system. So, you know, it's hard for me to put a percentage on that. It really depends on the day and what programs we have underway as to where I'm actually uh, splitting my time.
0: How would you get here?
1: Uh, so, good question. Um, so, I I look at this as my, my third career, um, mm. you know, and, but it, it really even started before then. I just happened to be a, uh, a part of a very entrepreneurial family and growing up in that environment, um deciding actually had a couple of small companies going through uh, university uh, went with a major company as i as I hired um, or graduated and basically worked at the company and gradually kind of worked my way through a company into working with leading edge technologies so working within the chief technology office looking at how to apply technologies in very very different um, industries um, to working at a university and then with Plygen, so I think the life experiences kind of bring you to this point, you know, for anybody in their current role. So it's, it's just been a series of both professional and personal experiences that um, that's kind of brought me here as well.
0: And if I were to look at a product manual, let's say, are there any products or things that I should look at right now? I'll ask you about the future in a moment. <laughs> um, that, I, that I should look at right now where you would say, um, hey, Reback, right there. That's what – you know, when I'm talking about innovation at Plygem, this is what I'm talking about.
1: So you're talking about like current product that we have out on the field Yeah, today? yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you take a look at some of our products that we have from a window technology perspective, um, some of the sound dampening technology that's going into the windows, to being able to use very dark colors on certain substrates that hadn't been possible before. And you can actually see that in some of our siding products as well. So as we we look at that, but it's, it's also business models. Um, there are some different business models that are coming to play that we are, are doing in Canada, as an example. Um, we've got a, a couple of things I can't share a lot about at this point, but... Uh, there are certainly some very interesting things in the works that uh, that we're talking with some other companies as well on.
0: Uh, come on. You, don't you want to break news right here, right now?
1: <laughs> I don't think – we would probably have to edit it out later, so I'll just go ahead and save you that, uh, that work.
0: <laughs> okay. So, but then to the extent that you can – Talk about it, and maybe it's a trend. You know, looking forward, and and what's next, and what in three to five years would you say to me? Hey, Chris, you know, the, the an area that uh, you know I, I really wasn't able to talk about the specifics, but but this is an area that I meant. Is it is it energy? Is it, because that's, that's obviously such a, and you mentioned that earlier in the conversation, and that's obviously such a key part of, um, really every industry. Um, is it materials? What are the, what are the areas? Where where do you see the, the, you know, the innovation growth that excites you, or, or is that even too specific and you'll be uh, giving away state secrets? (laughs)
1: Now, what I, I'll talk about trends, right? Yeah, please. Um, so, you know, one of the key trends that I see that's ever-growing is the connected home. So the smart home, you get into smart cities, you get into smart transportation, it all gets connected. Um, I think you'll see future trends that are coming up with 5G technology that will allow more interconnectedness between devices. Mm. It'll allow them to be a little bit simpler, um, a lot more voice over Cell phones. Everybody uses cell phones for everything, but I think you'll see voice. You'll see more augmented reality that comes into play, and you're going to see intelligence. So it's not so when it says smart because it's connected, but it's also intelligence. Mm. Um, being able to have the envelope of your home inform the interior of the home what it should be doing, or to recognize certain things. Um, hey, by the way, I've got a leak up here. Can somebody come check it out? You know, how do you build that intelligence into the exterior envelope of the home? And certainly the energy efficiency. I think that we are going to see advances in certain power technologies that will enable less wiring in a home, that will will simplify the home construction as well. So there's very interesting activities with power. Uh, and then, from a material science perspective, you know certainly the focus on healthier materials, on those materials that can adapt to the situation that can adapt to the environment. Um, you know it's just recently looking at tennis shoes that you basically put your foot on material, and that material will actually form around your foot and create a shoe. So, how do you have wow. smart materials? So we you know we're looking at, materials now that have nanotubes embedded in them, Um, so I think you're going to see quite an interesting variety of activities that are going to come out, uh, trends that that are proving to be true trends, they're not just fads, so everything from, as you said, thermal efficiency and how do we continue to push that envelope to just more intelligent buildings, connected buildings as well as smart materials.
0: Lee, thank you. Thank you for your time and uh, uh, and your insights.
1: It's been my pleasure. I uh, I appreciate the invite today, Chris.